When was the last time you attended a slumber party with your girlfriends and discussed issues on your heart? If you're like me, it's been quite some time. Hi and welcome. My name is Felice Gerwitz and I welcome you to tonight's Mommy Jammies Night. This is a time for you and my friends from around the world to join us live. Put on a comfortable pair of pajamas, pull up a chair, and settle in with your favorite refreshment. And prepare to be blessed as I welcome tonight's guest. Well, hey, everyone, and welcome. My name is Felice Gerwitz, and this is an episode of Mommy Jammies Night. Mommy Jammies Night is one of those really special events because it only happens one time a month on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. And our guests um, are people that we really um, pray to the Lord to bring to mind. And so Amy's name um, has been floating around for quite a while, and Amy has... um, a full plate. Uh, she has quite a few little ones, um, as well as uh, being a homeschool mom, a blogger, and an author. So I am delighted to have met Amy at the 2 to 1 conference last year in North Carolina in person. It's always nice. You know, we have our virtual friends, and we, then we have an, our uh, in real life friends. So I finally got to um, meet Amy. I guess, Amy, this was the second time we had met, because I think I met you at another one. But welcome, Amy. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, so great to have you on and introduce you um, to my audience. I know your blogging uh, family knows and loves you and has read your blogs for years. So, um, Amy can be found at RaisingArrows.net, and uh, she is a mother of nine, and um, has another little one due soon, so that is so awesome. And um, Amy, you have um, you know quite a few social media links, and I will put that um, in this post. So, in order to hear this audio, if you are um, you know uh, here live, in order to hear the audio, just go to mommyjammiesnight.com and look for the audio that says Home Management for the Homeschool Mom, and you'll see Amy's smiling face. And there I'll have all of her social media links. Um, but, Amy, you have a new book out. And I Thank am excited you. because I am not the most organized person uh, in the world, which is really an understatement. I always say I'm just this one of you know, the creative thinkers. I see my desk. <laughs> but I just love to read about, you know, home management. And so you have a book, Home Management for the Homeschool Mom. So tell us about that book. Um, I wrote it because I was tired of seeing blogs and blog posts and other books that talked about home management, but it never seemed to be relevant to where I was as a homeschool mom. Um, It spoke to moms who had, you know, their kids in public school or private school and they went away for the day or moms who worked and it didn't touch on all the things that I needed it to touch on. I needed to talk about meal planning. I needed to talk about school schedules as well as cleaning. And, you know, when you have a house full of littles and they're there all day long, your home is a wreck. And I wanted a book that spoke to who I was as a homeschool mom. And I'm not the most organized person either. Um, I So I really needed it to be very simple. And so, yeah, that, that was where this book came from, was just my desire to write something about my journey and about the things that I had learned as a homeschool mom who needed to keep the home tidy and orderly, but I couldn't find 
the resources out there to figure out how to put it all together. Oh, that's wonderful. And I know um, I can walk into my daughter's home, and before we went live, I was sharing with Amy that um, she just had her seventh, and uh, Christina is 34. She'll be 35 this year. So she's had them quite close together, and um, she's still young and energetic. And um, I can walk into her house, and maybe there's some a few little toys out of place on the floor the kids are playing with. But she is just amazing. I mean, everything is aesthetically pleasing. When she was growing up, I would go into her room, and which is now my office, and doesn't look anything like her room looked uh, when it was her room. <laughs> but even the shelves, like the bookshelves, they were just, you know, the way she put her books, and they were color-coordinated, and <laughs> she'd have some little dealy, even if it was like a little rock she made. I don't know. It just, everything looks so, so beautiful, and she's just really good at that. But she always looks for great ideas, and um, and she was excited about your book, Amy, especially because you're a homeschool mom. You're, you know, you've got little ones, and um and, you know, it's a lot of the same goals. So I, I think your book is really uh, going to meet a lot of people's needs that are in the same position. Um, but I am going to sit back now and let you um, take the reins here and share with us your talk tonight. And then I will be back at the end. Um, in the meantime, uh, for those of you that are here live, there is a submit your question box on MommyJammiesNight.com website. And you can submit your questions, and I will get them here for Amy, um, and then I will ask her at the end. So um, go ahead, Amy, get started, and I will um, be back at the end. Okay, great. Thank you, Felice. And please do feel free to ask any questions. Um, I, I, There's nothing that I'm, <laughs> you know, that I have to hide. So I am willing to just share as much as I can with you. No question is too small because I know what it's like when you're struggling and you just need somebody to be a voice of reason. I am going into my 14th year homeschooling. Um, my husband and I have been married for 20 years. I'm married to my high school sweetheart, Ty. And I have almost 10 kids. <laughs> and uh, my oldest is actually 18 and he is getting ready to go off to college. But thankfully, the college is very near our house, and so he's actually staying home and um, doing it completely debt-free, and we're really excited for him. And as I said to Felice earlier, I am not naturally organized. I have never been like an uber-great housekeeper. And even before I had children, it was quite obvious that I had not learned those skills. Um, I was a typical public school kid. And I was in all sorts of sports, all sorts of activities, and choir, and all kinds of things. And my mom, I think, kind of felt sorry for me. So when I came home, she figured I needed to focus on my homework and my family life. And she didn't really have me do much of anything in the way of housework. Um, I can remember a few times dusting and maybe a little bit of hanging up of laundry and some gardening. But I had no regular chores. I was not home a lot, and so I I didn't even learn how to cook. And so that actually ended up being quite a detriment to me as a newlywed. So I came into the marriage, and I, I really didn't realize how hard it was going to be. My kitchen was always a mess. Um, I could not seem to keep the house clean. However, when after I had my second child, I did acquire 
some housekeeping skills via the internet that helped me to put together a routine and some cleaning schedules that really helped me get things back on track. And I was super excited about that. It really worked. I, my home was tidy. It was neat. It was clean. And I was thrilled. However, then I started homeschooling and it seemed to all fall apart. And everything that I had done before did not work anymore. And then I began um, adding just about a child a year birth-wise. Um, my older two are fairly far apart. And then the Lord just decided to bless us year after year after year. And I nothing worked at that point. I could not figure out how to manage my house at all because everything I had learned before didn't work. The things I was finding in books, they didn't work. So I started scouring the Internet again, and I started talking to other moms who were further along in the homeschool journey than me, um, had more kids or had been doing this longer. And I started taking all the things I was learning and basically just tweaking and changing them until I found something that worked for me. And so it became like this quest for me to really find some tried and true principles that worked because, as you all know, when you start out with one method, if anything in your circumstances changes, you end up needing to change and tweak your method again. And it's it can be exhausting and a little frustrating as well because you want to believe that you're going to arrive upon this one method and it's going to work your entire homeschooling career. And that just is not true because circumstances change. You add to your family. You subtract from your family as they grow older and, and leave the home. There's situations like job changes and moves, and perhaps you have a parent come to live with you. It all changes the dynamic of your home. And because of that, I needed to have some resources in place and some basic principles, some underlying principles of how to put together a schedule or a routine so that when my circumstances changed, I could then change with them. But I couldn't find any real solid resources out there. And um, that was why I wrote Home Management for the Homeschool Mom, was because I really wanted to offer that to other people, the things that I had found that were those underlying broad-spectrum resources of here's how you put this together. Because, honestly, my schedule is not going to look like your schedule. But if I give you the tools to put together your own schedule and create something that really fits your family, then you're actually going to stick with that because it's your schedule. It's not you trying to implement my schedule. So tonight what I really want to focus on is the the cleaning and the actual like home management, home chores that we do. The book touches on a lot of different things, but I thought for tonight when I hear the word home management, I almost always think cleaning. So I thought it'd be a good idea for us to kind of talk about those cleaning chores and schedules and routines and how can we put those together. So the very first thing, though, I want to say before we get started, and I'm going to probably say this a couple of times, is that a homeschooling home is not going to look like a non-homeschooling home, no matter what you do. It is going to look different, and that's for the simple fact 
that you aren't just mom, your teacher. You aren't just sending your kids with a lunch to school. You're feeding them three times a day plus snacks. You are mothering them. You are a wife. You are with these children 24-7, and you have school books and paraphernalia and all kinds of things in your home that make it not just a home but also an educational environment. And so you really have to consider the fact that you are going to have to change your expectations. You need to, you know, be fine with the fact that you are a homeschooling mom and that your home is a homeschool as well. So I'm when you think about that, there's a few things in the book that I talk about, and I even leave space for you to write down how homeschooling has changed your life. And if you're just starting out, you may have to kind of stretch and think, you know, how will this change my life? But I imagine a lot of you have been homeschooling for a little while. So think along these lines. How has homeschooling changed how I accomplished the housework? Can you remember back to before you were homeschooling and how you managed the housework then versus how are things going now? Like I told you, I had things going great. I started homeschooling. I couldn't get anything to work. Um, how about preparing meals? This was a big one. Um, before I started homeschooling, I only had little kids. They hardly ate anything. But as they've grown and they've stayed at home, I have had to prepare and plan, you know, fairly big meals. What about just your daily routine? You know, at one point in time, you may have been kind of carefree and could kind of do whatever you wanted to do. But now you have school and perhaps you have extracurricular activities. So how has homeschooling changed just your daily routine? And how about your family life? Has it changed the way that you interact with your kids? Has it changed how you interact with your spouse? And has that been a good thing or has it been a bad thing? Your spiritual life, perhaps before you started homeschooling, you had a great routine where you got up in the morning and you had quiet time, and now you're struggling to find any time to get in the Word. And then just your free time. What does your free time look like now? I can tell you my free time. Now, you know, I used to scrapbook and I used to sew. And I my free time now is pretty much blogging and reading books about homeschooling. That's my free time. But it's okay. I enjoy that. But it's funny how it has changed my life. So if you as you think through how homeschooling has changed your life, you might want to think about things in that change that maybe weren't so good and things that have been good and then kind of start looking toward ways that you can change some of those things back to the way you'd like to see them. Again, remembering your expectations cannot be that of a non-homeschooler. But if you see that your interactions with your spouse have really changed, think of ways that you can bring that back to the way it was. And then I just want you to remember as we go through this that you can make this work. It is doable. It is possible to have your home tidy and under control and the chaos not just, you know, everywhere. It is possible. It's just going to take some tweaking and some lowering of expectations where you don't feel like it has to be, you know, the cover of a magazine, but that it looks like a beautiful lived-in home that has a rich family life. And I will admit that homeschooling does consume your life. It reaches to the very corners of your home, and I believe it should, because I do believe 
that it is an extension of your home life. It's an extension of your mothering. But because it reaches into all those areas, you have to be prepared to really simplify your life to make it work. And this means things like decluttering, which nobody likes to hear, but decluttering your home and being rid of some of that eye clutter that you see, the less stuff you have to deal with, the less time it's going to take for you to deal with it. And learning how to declutter your brain. I talk in the book about doing a brain dump and having a mommy notebook where you just get those things out of your head because you're going to mull over them. Perhaps you're like, oh, Johnny needs a new math curriculum, but I don't know what math curriculum to choose. You keep mulling over that. If you write it down in a mommy notebook and you say, research Johnny's math, it's out of your head. You don't have to think about it anymore. And so decluttering your brain and making sure that you get in the habit of every time you think of some something that you really need to fix or research or look into, put it down on paper, get it out of your head so it's not taking up space there. Learn how to simplify your cleaning. This, again, is something we're going to talk about tonight. And your daily routine. Make it as simple as possible. Don't have a bunch of extras that you write into your daily routine and schedule. Really keep a lot of margin in your day because as a homeschool mom, you've got a lot going on. A lot of things are going to happen. And if you have compacted your schedule so much that you have no margin, it's going to be very difficult to to feel you know, calm and relaxed and joyful as a homeschool mom. And then you even need to simplify your school subjects. And I go into this extensively in the book as well. I won't do this tonight. But think about the school subjects that you can combine, the things that you can get rid of. Remember that kindergartners and first graders and second graders, they don't need tons and tons of seat work. And if you're trying to cram a whole bunch of subjects into your day, all of you are going to end up very stressed by that. So you don't want homeschooling to consume your life in a bad way. You want it to consume your life as an extension of your family life. And by simplifying and decluttering, that's going to help you do that. Now, when it comes to homeschooling, I also always tell people this, that you need to mother your children first. Um, as I said, homeschooling is, is an extension of your family life. It is also an extension of your mothering, not the other way around. Don't let go of your motherhood and that chance to be mom in order to be a teacher. And I saw myself doing this in the early years. I became this didactic woman who quit sitting down with her children and playing with them on the floor because I was too busy trying to figure out what was the next phonics lesson, what was the next math lesson. I was constantly living my life in homeschool mode. And you really need to be living your life in mother mode, and the homeschooling comes from that. And that is a hard lesson to learn, but you do not want your children to grow up and all they remember is mom barking lessons at them. You want them to remember a mom who mothered them. That's extremely important. And then as you're considering your schedules and your routines and all of that, you need to consider what kind of mother you are and how does your family function best. And I talk in the book about schedule versus routine. And if you've ever been to one of my sessions at a homeschool conference, 
this is a, a big thing, the schedule versus the routine. There are two different kinds of mothers. And within those schedule and routines, there's several different kinds of mothers within those as well. And you may be surprised to find out that you aren't really who you think you are or that homeschooling has changed you or who you married changed you or you have a child who has changed you. And so you think you want to be something. I always thought I needed to be a very scheduled mom. I, that was how my mom was. And I was very comfortable that way. But I married a man who is, he's a free spirit. He works a very flexible schedule. He flips in and out of our day. And I learned that I could either be frustrated by that, which thinking about that now, that's just ridiculous. Frustrated by the fact that daddy came home for a visit? That doesn't even make sense. But I was frustrated by it till I realized I needed to embrace how our family dynamic had changed and how I needed to become more of a routine mother who had, you know, flexibility but an order. So when dad's gone, I have an order to my day. And when he pops in, that order is halted for a while. We live in flexibility land. He leaves. We go back to our order. And it's never so scheduled and rigorous that, you know, I feel trapped. So that is one thing you really need to consider is whether you're a schedule or routine, and the book, again, talks in depth about how to figure that out and then what tools might work for you as that kind of mother. So let's move on to the actual, like, nitty-gritty of keeping the house clean because this is one of those questions I get a lot from homeschool moms. Um, some feel like it's absolutely impossible and they've given up, and some feel like, they can keep the house clean, but there is no way they're going to be able to homeschool. And I want to tell you that you actually can do all of it. Again, it's not going to look like a non-homeschool family, but this is a very real struggle. And so now that you've got some things in place like remembering to simplify, we can move on to giving you some simple tools that will get you that cleaning schedule for that cleaning routine that really works for you. So I'm basically going to look here at Chapter 12 in my book and talk to you about simplifying your cleaning routine. So first things first, you need to figure out when you're going to clean. And that may seem kind of silly, but there are basically three times you can clean, morning, afternoon, and evening. And it is perfectly all right to clean during one of those three times according to your family dynamic. So let's talk about morning clean. This was me for, well, most of the time this is me because I like to start my day off with a clean slate. And when I had all littles, I did not have the energy at night to get the house in order for the next day. So I needed to clean in the morning. And this is also a great time to clean if everybody is fresher in the morning um, and and likes to get all of that eye clutter out of the way before they start concentrating on school. And then an afternoon clean. This is one that was introduced to me by another homeschool mom. I'd never thought about this before, but she said she liked to get the schoolwork out of the way first. And then after that was all done, they spent the last hour or so before Daddy came home cleaning up the house. Daddy liked it that way. The family liked it that way. 
they went into their evening with a very spick and span home, and it was great. Another reason you might want to do this is perhaps your family sleeps in. Um, perhaps you have morning activities that would prohibit you from working in the morning. So there's all kinds of reasons why an afternoon clean would actually work better for you. And then an evening clean. And this is often because maybe um, your husband works nights and that's a better time for you to clean. Or perhaps daddy likes to be a part of the cleaning. Um, maybe even you would like to put the children to bed, especially if they're small, and get that cleaning done then. And it really, there is no right or wrong to this. And I really want to encourage you to think that way. There is no right way to do this. You do it the way that God made your family with the dynamics and the circumstances that he gave you, not the way that somebody down the street is doing it. So you you really have to consider that and keep that at the forefront of your mind, not to compare yourself with other homeschool moms. There is no right way to do this. You really just have to do it. And if you need to do this, you know, cleaning in the evening or you need to do it first thing in the morning, there's there's no right or wrong to that. Go ahead and do what works best for your family. Okay, so moving on to the actual how-to clean. Um, like I said before, I don't think I'm alone as a homeschool mom, homemaker, who had no skills when I came to the marriage. I think that's kind of the weight of my um, generation. And, you know, those of us in our 20s and 30s, a, a lot of us were not raised by stay-at-home moms. Now, I was, but there again, my mom, like I said, felt sorry for me. So she did not have me do anything outside of my schoolwork and my extracurricular activities. And so a lot of us came to marriages and motherhood with very few skills. And a lot of what we've learned has been by trial and error or looking it up on the Internet or asking a friend to show us. And I have even gone so far as to watch from afar as my sister-in-law made mashed potatoes because I had no idea how to make mashed potatoes. And it's things like that that, you know, we – we just need to keep learning, and that's fine. Don't feel bad about where you are right now. Just keep learning. So how to clean. When you think about simplifying your cleaning, basically I see a couple of different ways you could come at it. There are surfaces and there are rooms, and you can mix and match these. But really, if you look at your home, there's about four surfaces. There's floors, walls, counters, and furniture. And so things like the floors are going to involve tidying, sweeping, mopping, vacuuming. Walls are needing to be wiped down, which is a great job for little kids. That is my five-year-old and seven-year-old's job. They uh, take a very damp rag, and they just clean doors and doorknobs and walls, and that's their, their house cleaning chore. Um, counters, they need wiping off and tidying, and furniture needs tidying up, dusting, possibly vacuuming or wiping down. So you've, once you've tackled those four major surfaces, you, you really have done a bulk majority of the deep clean that you need to do. And I'm going to back up just a second here. When I talk about cleaning, I'm talking about the more, the deeper clean, um, not the tidy up. I do have a video on YouTube right now about our tidy up times. I think, you know, for you, you need to implement a tidy up time at least once a day, if not more than that. We do ours about two or three times a day. 
along with our table chores, and I talk about that in the video, that just to keep the house clutter-free, that's different from what I'm talking about here with the cleaning routine. You know, picking up toys and picking up paper and putting away homeschool supplies, that's not part of the cleaning routine. That's more of a tidy up, let's get the house, you know, back, things back in their place and back in an order. So what I'm talking about here when I say floors and walls and counter and all of that is the the way that you clean when you're cleaning deeper below the surface, you know, when you're when you're not just picking up things. So moving on a little bit to the rooms, um basically there's five rooms that you have. And you've got a kitchen, you've got bathrooms and bedrooms and living areas and outside areas. You may be tempted to try to add in every single area you can think of in your home, every nook and cranny, but that is really not a good idea. You will get overwhelmed very quickly. So when I say living areas, you can include the hallway in that. Um, when I say kitchen, you can include the breakfast nook. You don't have to separate out every single room. Put them in categories. So when you go to clean and choose a routine that actually works for you, you can either go by surfaces, go by rooms, or you can mix and match them, which is what I did. And the download that you have in your party favors um, for the weekly rotation list, that is actually my real weekly rotation list from when I had, um, oh, I had a mix of middles and littles. And um, that was what we did. And it is a mix between surfaces and rooms. And that is exactly what we did. It worked very well. It was an autopilot thing for us. We knew on Mondays we did this. And so that's one way that you can handle this. You can do the weekly method, a weekly rotation. So, for instance, on Monday I had listed, um, I had listed dusting, and I think we watered plants that same day as well. So before school hours, we would grab our dusting rags and I would send, you know, children off to different areas of the house, and we would all dust. And um, we'd come back together, put our stuff away, and start school. And that was a very easy chore for Monday. That's why I had it on Monday. I was more focused on getting to school, so I wanted a very simple chore on Monday. But I knew then the house had been dusted, and I didn't have to think about dusting it for another week. And then on Tuesdays, we did floors. And that meant everything from sweeping to mopping to vacuuming, you know, the different floor surfaces. And um, that worked really well. I just assigned kids out and said, you know, here's the room you're going to do. And that took a little bit longer, but not too bad. I mean, when you're all working together and perhaps you're not able to, you know, bring in your children, perhaps they're too young still, you can still implement this. Um, just, you know, knock it out in the time frame that you've chosen, either morning, afternoon, or evening, whichever one you think is going to work best for you. And, you know, just, just work till you're done. And on Wednesday, we did bedrooms and bathrooms. And basically what that meant was we pulled out things from underneath the beds because, you know, things end up under there that I don't know how they get there even, but tons of stuff under the bed, at least at my house. And, um, so we'd be cleaning out from underneath the bed. Um, about every other week, we washed the bedding on that day. And we just kept everything really neat and tidy and made those bedrooms a haven. And then the bathrooms, same situation. We were cleaning, you know, just taking care of those. 
and that worked really well. Again, it was a it was a longer time frame there. I think probably about an hour before we were ready to start school. But um, and I would go through and I would check and make sure that everything had been done, and I would do any spot checking and and take care of stuff at the end. Um, on Thursday, at that time we had a basement, and I will say here that we did not do the floors or bathrooms of the basement on those other days. We waited and did the basement all in one fell swoop on basement day. It just it was just easier. So we were doing the floors upstairs and we were doing the bathrooms upstairs. We weren't doing any of the work downstairs until basement day. And if you don't have a basement, that's fine. Um we don't have we currently don't have a basement and you can make Thursday you know, maybe you need to break up the bedrooms and the bathrooms or the floors or something like that. You can separate those out into other days. And then um, on Friday was our van and outside day. And I would highly encourage you to add your vehicle, your main family vehicle, to your weekly rotation. Somehow put it in your cleaning, no matter how you do it. Somehow put it in there. Because you don't think about your vehicle until you get in it. And children are kind of naturally messy. And put a trash can in there. Make sure you get the trash empty. Make sure you go through and make sure the um, car seats are secure. I don't know how many times I've had a child sitting next to a car seat who has accidentally, when they unbuckled themselves to come inside, they accidentally unbuckled the car seat next to them as well. This is your chance to check all of that. This is your chance to tidy up anything, um, look for lost earrings and lost notebooks and things like that that tend to just happen when you when you um, have kids in a vehicle. And so if you add that to your weekly rotation list, to your cleaning list somehow, um, it, it's going to make for a much cleaner vehicle and you're going to enjoy those car rides a lot more. My two older boys actually take care of the van now completely. Um, they shop back it out on times when it needs to be they don't do that every week, but they change, you know, they empty the trash and they make sure that things are tidy in there. And I really appreciate that. It's so nice to get into the vehicle when it's clean. And then outside wise, this may be your day to mow. Um, perhaps it's your day to, you know, weed the garden. Um, the other thing that happens here is we have random toys that end up in the yard. That's our day to clean it up and get those toys put away, throw away anything broken. Um, you're just kind of checking the outside areas of your home on Friday. Uh, Saturday, that's kind of your catch-up day, and Sunday hopefully is a day of rest. If you're not able to take Sunday as a day of rest, which I know happens a lot for, like, pastor's families, um, and even when you have a lot of littles, it can seem very daunting to try to rest at all. If you are not able to take Sunday as a day of rest, please take Saturday as some downtime for you, as some family time, just, you know, getting out of your usual routine. That will give you a little, little bit of breathing room where you're not doing the same thing every single day. And then another method that works very well is also would be just cleaning by the room. So this is the same concept Monday you might clean the kitchen really deep, get the nooks and crannies and tidy things up, get rid of things that you don't need anymore in the kitchen, you know, empty out your leftovers um, that have gone bad, you know, just really deep clean the kitchen. Um, Tuesday, you could do the bathroom, same concept. Wednesday, take care of the bedrooms. 
Thursday, you clean up all the living areas, and Friday, you do the outside spaces again. So those are just a couple of ideas for you on how you can make these cleaning routines happen where you're not trying to do it all in one day. I will say now that I have older kids, um, I we do a one-day home blessing, and that's been only in the past two or three years that we've been able to accomplish that, where on Fridays we clean the whole house. And the reason for that is that we homeschool year-round now, and we take Fridays off. And so Fridays are our cleaning day, and I have enough older kids to be able to pull that off. When I had younger kids, there was no way I could have cleaned everything in one day. It just was not going to happen. And I also have the ability to be basically just a supervisor. Um, my kids have the chores, and I go around, and I help, and I spot check, and I'm constantly going back and forth between rooms, checking over things. But I don't have any set chores anymore because it, it's a full-time job supervising. So, um, But we are able to do the one-day home blessing, and that's been really good for us. But I know that if I ever get into a place where I need to go back, which may happen when my son goes to college, um, where I might need to go back to a weekly rotation list, I know it works. I did it for years, and it made it not so overwhelming. And um, part of that as well is that you know that even though your home may not be 100% clean every single day, you know that everything is getting cleaned once a week. And sometimes that is all you need as a homeschool mom. You're keeping those surfaces, you're keeping those things clean, and it's not necessarily always going to be you know, spotless. But as long as you're doing your tidy up time, you're getting that clutter up, and then you've got these different days where you're doing things. You are going to have an environment that is clean and neat and, and a great place to, you know, just have your family life, a very rich family life. The final thing I want to talk about is creating systems. This has been huge for our home, and I really believe it will be for you as well. Think about the things about your day that are just a pain. Um, for me, it was things like in the morning, the kids just seemed to run amok. And after meals, they disappeared, and I was left to do all the, the cleaning up. Even though I'd cooked, I was left to do all the cleaning as well. Or at night, I about six months ago, I told my husband that I hated bedtime. I hated it with a vengeance, and I was never going to put kids to bed again, which obviously isn't true. But I realized that I needed to put some systems into place. And over the years, we as a family have created some systems that have worked really well to kind of nip in the bud those things that drive you batty during your day. Maybe it's laundry. Maybe you are so sick of not getting the laundry done. But if you put some systems into place, you will find that those things get done on autopilot. They're, the systems you can create are things like, let me tell you real quick about our like our bedtime routine, because this is the one, like I told you, it just – it drove me crazy, and I should have known. I had all these systems for other things. I should have realized sooner that I needed to implement something, but it took me a while. I'm a slow learner. But um, what we do is we have bedtime buddies now. It was my three little boys who were just a mess. They were – we would put them to bed, and they'd get out again. And we'd put them to bed, and they would holler from the bed that they needed a drink. 
And we put them to bed, and, oh, I've got to go to the bathroom. It was over and over and over, and I was so tired. None of us were getting any kind of relaxation at the end of the day. And so what we did was we implemented bedtime buddies, and we took all the things, all their excuses for getting out of bed. We took care of those before they went to bed. So in order to get ready for bed, they change into pajamas. Those that need a night diaper, they are are helped with that. They are helped with their brushing teeth. They are shuttled off to the kitchen to grab a drink. They are shuttled back to the bathroom to go to the bathroom, and then they are taken to bed by their bedtime buddy. And then on top of that, because that's not quite enough to keep them in bed, we have rotations where each of us, about six of us now are doing this, each of our older kids and then my husband and I as well, we take a night and we sit in that room and as they're going to sleep, if they, you know, talk and they're jabbering and they have questions and things like that, we've prayed with them, we've told them a story, and now it's time to go to bed. And basically our job is to sit there and kind of shush them and just be like, okay, shush, time to be quiet. And once we have one of those boys asleep, usually that's good. The rest of them go to sleep shortly thereafter. But that kept us from that nightmare of a bedtime that we were having where nobody got any sort of relaxation. And so that was, that's been a wonderful addition. And we have, you know, similar things for laundry. We have table chores. I have a um, YouTube video about that that you can go and see. And, um, you know, we have our home blessing chores. We have our morning chores. Just any kind of system for anything that has been very difficult in your day. There, again, this is where you can do that brain dump into your mommy notebook. These are the things that are driving me crazy. How can I fix them? And put together a system that takes the guesswork out of it. It keeps you from having to think about it too much. And it puts it, eventually it puts it on autopilot. We know exactly whose night it is. We know who the bedtime buddies are. It works really, really well. So that's that's what I have for you tonight. And um, I'd love to have you come over to RaisingArrows.net. Take a look at the book, Home Management for the Homeschool Mom. Look through the website. It really is my mission to help moms in the trenches to simplify their lives so that they can enjoy their mothering and homeschool years. That is the heart and soul of Raising Arrows, and I'm so glad that all of you were here. Hey, Amy, that was great. I really appreciate it. And uh, there were lots of comments here um, in the chat room, so you're going to have to um, <clears throat> come over to, excuse me, Mommy Jammies Night. And, um, okay. The mommy Jammies Night.com page later on, and then you can go back and read and read yeah. through it. So, yeah, really good stuff. Uh, so we do have a few questions here, and let me get to those. And for those of you listening live, just go ahead and um, post um, any further questions you have. Um, the first is, do you have a laundry system in your book? Um, not specifically in the book. I have a ton of systems on the website. Um, there, again, is okay. one of those things where I can't tell you exactly how to do your laundry, but because it evolves, it changes over right. time, but there on the website there, if you look up laundry, you will find what we're currently doing, and you'll find a lot of resources for what we've done in the past, as well as I have a big list of um, links that show you different people's laundry um, solutions. Good, and that's at RaisingArrows.net, and that's yes. um, Amy's website, as well as 
uh, signing up for her easing because um, she's got some amazing uh, freebies that she gives away. So um, some really cool stuff there. <clears throat> okay. Um, Benita from Fort Worth asks, um, she needs help homeschooling her third grader and entertaining her two-and-a-half-year-old. I remember those days. <laughs> so, oh, gosh. So what, what yes. are some things um, that you can share with her? Well, one thing you can do is you can change the time that you homeschool if your two-and-a-half-year-old is still taking a nap. Um, third grade, by that point... Um, you do have a little bit more work to do, but hopefully you're starting to have some independent studies that your third grader can do um, on their own. And then if you want to wait till nap time for maybe some of the more intensive stuff. But I also know that, like, I have a three-year-old. I can't remember the last time he took a nap. And he is crazy. He runs around the house. I have to really keep an eye on him. Um, one thing that works really well is to have um, – do your homeschooling in an area where you can keep your younger child um, contained as well. Um, you can have them, you know, with coloring stuff. You can have a toddler box. That's something we have had for yeah, years. I love that. A toddler box. Yeah, and it has all kinds of just little knickknacks and things that they can play with, pipe cleaners and coloring and um, even, you know, Play-Doh and things like that you can put in there, and it is only during school time. So that makes it special. Right. But if you can keep them close by, that that's really the best. Now, I'm at a stage in my life where I have older kids who can take turns running after the toddler if I need to really be focused. But, you know, you don't get there overnight. <laughs> that happens eventually. Right. But you would really do – it's a good idea to try to keep those toddlers close to you as possible if you're not able to homeschool during a nap time. Yeah, that's that's really good. And I love the idea of the box because um I really feel like that works and there's so many really cool things out there now um that the yeah. kids can play with and you know, I, I remember having that set aside and my kids would want to play with that during non school time and yes. you have to be kind of be firm. But it does you make do. it, you know, something that they look forward to. So I love that. I think that's that's really great advice. Okay, another one here. <clears throat> what are a few ways a homeschool parent can cut the cost of manipulatives? Yeah, like those cuisinaire rods oh. and uh, all those kinds of yeah. things can be very yes. expensive. Um, we tend to think that we have to have this, you know, the things that are um, promoted in the educational magazine. I will say, like we have a we have a set of they're not the name brand Unifix Cubes. Um, we've had them for years mm -hmm. and years and years. They've been great, but honestly, my kids play with them. They they don't use them for math much. Um, right. So really, you can do things like crayons. Um, we actually buy crayons in bulk, and you can do math with crayons, you know, different colored crayons, counting on with a crayon. Um, you can buy a box of Fruit Loops and do it with that or um there's just think kind of try to think outside the box um you know when you're doing some sort of balancing thing you don't need the cute little balancing bears you can do that with just about anything you have magnetic type stuff get a get a kitchen magnet and you know drop things and see if you can pick them up with a magnet there's there's so many things out there and 
the Internet and Pinterest are an amazing place for finding those kinds of things. You don't have to have all the manipulatives. Now, I know there's a lot of um, curricula out there that have um, specific manipulatives that they want you to buy. Um, I imagine if you did a quick Google search of, you know, what can I do instead of that, there would probably be some ideas out there for you. And just mm -hmm. really think through whether or not you actually need that specific manipulative or if you could do the same thing with a piece of paper or, you know, a paper clip or something like that. You know, there's there's so many different ways you can you can do right. that and not need to spend the money on the manipulative. Uh, that's really great. And I know we did, you know, um, M&Ms and that was always yeah. a great one to, to count with. Um, another thing, too, there are things like homeschool swap out there, and you can search for some of those things um, where people uh, will either swap out um, different things that they're not using. And then the youth curriculum sales are always a big deal yeah. around here. Um, at the end of the year, and you'll be surprised at what you can pick up with things like that. But I totally agree with Amy. Um, we did have a lot of, um, I think I bought them with my third child um, because I was starting homeschooling all over again, it seemed, because I had the two older children, and then I ended up having the three younger. And I did buy the the kit that went along with one of the math books. And I tell you, it was the same thing, Amy, of what you shared. It was mostly they would build with with stuff rather than use them. And I tried to give this stuff to my daughter, who's still homeschooling her little ones, and she just took a look at it and she said, no, we don't need this, you know, because she's very minimalistic <laughs> in learning. <laughs> I know, right? So I said, well, I guess I can play with them over here. But, yeah, um, that's something you may not need. Okay, uh, Lena uh, asks, I'm a first-year homeschooler. My son is five doing kindergarten. How many hours a day would you recommend spending um, in school at this age? I actually talk about this in the book extensively. Um, I would not use the word hours <laughs> because, it, honestly, at kindergarten, it takes about half an hour. Um this is where you simplify your school subjects and you realize that a child who is five or six does not have the ability to sit still for seat work and do page after page after page. Um, we do, we focus on kindergarten and first grade. We focus on math and uh, phonics. Really, if you can get your child reading, um, and if they're not ready at that age, you know, wait a little bit. But once you have your child reading, a whole new world opens up, and we do start math at that age as well. But everything else about their day is really just exploration and play. We we have a lot of dialogue going on, so we're pointing out things. We're talking about things. We try to use a fairly extensive vocabulary with them so that they're getting used to hearing big words. Um, they go outside. They play. They have magnifying glasses and bugged in. Um, if I don't do any formal science at that age, um, I let them just be naturalists. They go outside and they study the bugs. I have a, my five-year-old right now is super into fossils, so he's constantly outside trying to find a fossil to bring in and show us. Um, <laughs> he's digging around. You know, he's got bugs. He's got all kinds of things. Well, that is all science, but it's not mm – -hmm. you can count that as school hours, but it's not literal seat work. And so seat work-wise, I say really half an hour 
is kind of your max at that age. And I don't include things like read aloud in that. I feel like a read aloud is something you do as a mother. Um, it's something, you know, pull them up on your lap and read to them. I don't see that as counting as a school hour. Um, just like I don't see the running around out in the backyard looking for fossils as school. But when, if you need to count those hours for your particular state, that's what right. you need to look at. Those, those hours that they're spending being children. And that is so very much a part of their development. And um, you will find that you will be light years ahead if you actually let them be children at that age. Yeah, I agree. I know that, excuse me, I've been combating this um, this cold for, oh, about a month now, and I haven't been sick in Mm. over a year, so I got one after the other. I agree. I agree um, as well, and I know that some states do require that you keep your hours. Uh, Florida is one of them. Um, so, mm-hmm. like on paper, um, I believe you you can count. Um, I think it's four hours for kindergarten. Um, but like Amy said, there are so many different things that we did count as school. And if you really counted all the learning that they did, you, you're like at eight hours, not necessarily yeah. you know, like you said, pen and paper. Um, and so that's um, really amazing. And Christina, my second oldest, the one with all the little ones now, is an anthropology minor. That was her minor. So she loves the fossil things. You never know what that mm-hmm. will lead to. Um, and also, you know, our, our novels yeah. um, were related to that as well. So um, yeah, and a so, good way um, a good way to keep track of those hours too is to get yourself a notebook and kind of right. journal your day and mark those things down so that you do have um you do have a record of how long it has taken you and what you've been doing just in case um anyone should question that but that also keeps it fresh in your mind and my kids really enjoy going back through the old journals from when they were younger and seeing oh we did that and that and that and mom counted that at school and that was really fun too um my children at one point in time told somebody that we didn't do school at all and I realized that it, I was like, oh, don't say that. But I realized the things that we were doing at school, they didn't even know it was school. And there again, you know, homeschooling should really be an extension of your mothering to the point where sometimes they maybe don't even realize they're being educated. Oh, funny. That is so funny. Okay. Uh, Samantha from Indiana asks, how do you manage things while exhausted from pregnancy? Mm. <laughs> I'm sending you a hug, Samantha. Both both Amy and I are sending you hugs. <laughs> yes. I totally understand that one. <laughs> I bring everything down to the lowest common denominator. Um, I bring our meals down to very simple. We eat off a paper plate. Um, in my book, Large Family Homeschooling, I do talk a lot about this bringing it down to the lowest common denominator when you have morning sickness and things like that. Same kind of concept. Mm-hmm. You're exhausted and you're worn out. Um, school is the same thing. I, I figured it up. I think I have had morning sickness for a full two years of my life. Um, when I count all the pregnancies and maybe more. And yet my children have not lost two years of schooling, um, because of that. They they really do have the ability to continue to glean from the lessons that you've been doing during your good times 
And so during, you know, that season of just being exhausted, you can get out the audiobooks. It is okay to put videos in. Um, it is okay to school from the couch or from your bed. Um, I did a lot of reading with my kids from the bed. Um, they would come in, you know, and they would read to me, and, and that was what we did. And so school was really brought down. Anything that required too much of me, I kind of put on hold until I was past that point. And then, you know, we just slowly picked it back up. Yeah, very good. And, you know, don't be so hard on yourself because your body is telling you that a lot is going on and sometimes it's just okay. And I think we put so much pressure on ourselves that it just stresses us out. And, um, you know, we think we have to do all these things that we don't we don't really have to. So, you know, I, I think your advice, Amy, is awesome about, you know, just bringing it, just simplify, bringing it down. And, um, you know, enlisting help. I mean, that's what I do. If I need help, yeah. I ask. And, you know, we try to be super moms and do it all ourselves. And then, you know, we get annoyed <laughs> or we get, you know, <laughs> worn out. So, yeah, but, we um, feel we feel guilty, we feel frustrated by it, but really, I honestly, looking back at my life, some of those pregnancy times when I was slow and I couldn't seem to get anything done are some of the most beautiful times in my life because I actually slowed down because I had no choice, mm-hmm. and right. it gave me a chance to, you know, really look at life through a little different lens. Yeah, that's what my son-in-law always says when my daughter's pregnant, that he's more of a homebody than she is. Mm-hmm. And so he loves it because it slows her way down. And, you know, she's, she's sick for part of it. So, you know, she's yeah. not going on as many adventures. But I tell you what, the minute she has that baby, she's, she's all ready to go. So, oh, gosh. Okay, so Valerie from Kansas City, welcome. Uh, she says, I know your kids have shared bedrooms over the years. How do you deal with staggered bedtimes when the kids share a room? My 13-year-old doesn't want to go to bed at the same time as my 3-year-old. Uh, very understandable. Um, but the 3-year-old can't stay up or he's a train wreck. Help. Yes. Yeah, and that is the plight of, you know, a mother with these wide varying ages. Um our boys are all in one room. So this is an 18-year-old, a 10-year-old, a 7-year-old, a 5-year-old and a 3-year-old. And the 3, 5 and 7-year-olds all go to bed at the same time. And that the that's the group of boys that we have to sit with and um make sure that they stay quiet. And then my 10-year-old and 11-year-old, they're they're in two separate rooms, but they get to stay up a little bit later, but not as late as the 15-year-old and the 18-year-old. And, of course, the 18-year-old sets his own bedtime now, but at one point in time, you know, the, that was how we had it separated. I kind of have this natural um, bigs, middles, and littles. And so we would make sure that that first group was asleep, and then the baby is in with the girls. She's a girl, and she's in with the girls. She goes to bed at the same time as the boys in her own room, but then the girls come in later and go to bed. Um, one thing we've done is we have fans on that kind of drowns out any noise that those older kids might make. Um, we are in a smaller house. We we move quite a bit with my husband's job. And so currently we are in a little smaller house where the noise carries a lot. So those fans have been priceless to have in the room to kind of drown that out for them. And then we just, we do, we just stagger them in. 
Um, we're kind of night owls around here. So that changes, you know, how we do bedtime as well. But it is it is doable, especially if you can find a good bedtime routine to get your younger crowd down or whichever group it is that's having trouble um, and find a good bedtime routine for them and get them down. But I do firmly believe in a decent bedtime for little kids especially, not just for them to get the sleep that they need, but because the the older ones in the house and mom and dad really do need a little bit of break from that chaos. I mean, my little boy, this is like living in a zoo all day long, and they are busy, 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 and we all kind of need a break from the three little guys and just let them you know, go to sleep and rest, and the rest of us kind of that's when we have our our downtime. So it is possible to do. It just takes some, you know, thinking outside the box and, again, writing things down that are really specific to your situation and thinking through how can I fix this particular piece and then putting together that system. I think you'll find that you'll you'll actually find something that works really well for you. I think that's great. And um, a lot of these uh things that uh, Amy has been talking about, I want to remind you guys, is in her book, Home Management for the Homeschool Mom. Uh, You can find that on her blog, RaisingArrows.net, and, uh, you know, do a quick search on there, and you can find the link for that. So I think that's awesome. Um, And the last uh, question here is actually a comment, and I love it because I think this will be the perfect way to end this uh, episode today, and uh, it, it just kind of sums it up. So Susan from San Antonio, Texas says, great tips. Uh, shared. Really enjoy your blog too, Amy. You have introduced me to several new resources. Yay! Starting my 13th, 13th year of homeschooling and have seven children ages 2 to 15 and needed that boost of encouragement to start. Thank you for your time, Amy and Felice. Well, thank you, Susan, for joining us and thank you, Amy, uh, so much for coming on uh, today and uh, or tonight, uh, where are we? <laughs> and uh, you know, and sharing with with us, and uh, especially um, taking the time out of your busy schedule because I know we've been trying to connect here for a while, and I'm just so happy um, it worked out before you had the baby. So, yes, thank you so much for having me on, Felice. I'm so great. Okay, well, thanks. God bless. And everybody, uh, the audio is available at mommyjammiesnight.com as well as um, all of the links uh, to this episode. And the name of the episode is Home Management for the Homeschool Mom on mommyjammiesnight.com. And do visit Amy at raisingarrows.net as well as all her other social media links that will be in the post. So everybody take care, God bless, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. I'm so happy you came to Mommy Jammy's Night. Please drop my guests a line and let them know how thankful you are that they gave their time. And follow up with me on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network Facebook page or via email. God's blessings upon you and your family. Thanks for joining us.